if you weren't your own boss? Would you have already quit? Are you treating yourself like such a jerk that if it were someone else, you'd be like, bye. Welcome back. You're listening to Let It Out, a podcast hosted by me, Katie Dalebout. I'm very happy to be back. I've missed you guys. It feels good to be recording an intro. It feels good to be recording podcasts in general. I wasn't recording for a while because I was working on a new project, which you'll hear about actually in this episode. I was going to edit it out because it's not complete, and I say in the episode, oh, by the time you're hearing this, it'll be out. But that's not true. It's it's not quite done yet. But You know, I was like, you guys are my friends. You can hear me in process. It doesn't have to be a big deal. Anyway, if you're new here, welcome. I've been hosting this podcast since 2013, and we're getting close to 300 interviews at this point. Recently, I was recording a lot. I was traveling a bit. I recorded a really cool interview that you'll hear coming up at a farm in California. And then I went to Austin, where I recorded this interview with Abby Miller, who I love so much, and I'll tell you more about in a second. And then I went to Denver and we recorded a live podcast. And I've been recording a lot in New York because I'm going to be gone for a while. So I'm I'm getting a lot of interviews in. And all of this recording reminded me why I do this and why I love it so much and why I started doing it so long ago. There's something about long form, organic conversation, talking to people who want to be talking to me in this one-on-one way that just really ticks a lot of boxes for me. I feel seen and connected and I feel that way of getting to share the episode too. Like right now with all of you guys, that conversation gets to keep going and I love connecting with people who listen to the podcast because we can hit the ground running and I'm really grateful that you're here for Let It Out. It's a platform to let out feelings and things that we're maybe embarrassed about or have shame about and talk to people who feel the same or can relate or maybe can't relate, maybe have a completely different experience, but that's interesting to talk about too. And it's a way to feel less alone to be. So this week's episode is with a friend of mine, Abby Miller, who I mentioned. She's in Austin. I really just like Abby. She has the best style and she makes great snacks and she lives in this beautiful home with her boyfriend, Sam, who's really funny and a drummer. And I just really like being around her. And she's actually done the podcast before. Her and her friend and my friend, Cassinia, made a project together. So in 2017, I had them on. And you'll hear more about Abby in that episode. I'll link to it. And this episode, we talk about pivoting and burnout and finding support in business. We talk about the transition from a full-time job to freelance. We talk about habits and routines and organization. She's one of the most organized people I know with really great boundaries. And this episode came out of us having a live episode that we recorded in April when I was in Austin. And if you were there, thank you for coming. It was this lovely event that we did, but the audio from it wasn't great. So And Abby and I really didn't know when we would see each other again, so we just kind of let it go. But turns out I was going to be in Austin for Thanksgiving. 
I figured I would take my recording equipment and come over to Abby's house and try to re-record that conversation. And turns out we had a totally different conversation, but you'll hear there's been some exciting updates in Abby's life. Like a bunch has changed for her since I was there in April. A lot has changed for me. And we had a different conversation. The other one is this lost basement tapes that we keep referring to, but I think you'll really like this conversation with Abby. Before we get to the episode, I have a present for you guys. You know I love Beyond Yoga, and Beyond Yoga is this female-founded, inclusive-sizing athleisure brand that makes honestly really, really comfortable soft clothing. And they're doing a giveaway for us. They're donating a $100 gift card. Can you believe that? $100 gift card could be yours. I'm so excited. I love them. If you haven't heard me talk about them before, they were like one of the first yoga clothing brands that I ever wore when I was teaching yoga. When I was in college, I I just love their clothing so much. Their fabrics are really soft and they create styles that really fit every woman's body and they never retouch their images and I just think they're great. They are dedicated to being really transparent and ethical and socially responsible in their practices with everyone that they work with. So sustainability is at the forefront of every stage of creating their garments. And I just really like the people that I've worked with there. So the code for ordering is 20% off. You can use the code let it out. And that's one time per customer and you have to be signed in. I've gotten a lot of questions on this, but you have to like create an account and then you can use that code. But again, it's just let it out for 20% off. But their giveaway is really cool. So for entering, there's a link in the show notes. It's just katydalebout.com slash giveaway. But to enter, just go ahead and leave a review on Let It Out. Also leave a review on Spiraling. If you like Spiraling, my podcast with Serena, which will be returning for more episodes very soon. Her and I recording tomorrow. But if you haven't listened already and you're going home for the holidays and you want to hear us talk about anxiety and overwhelm and the holiday season and being with family and dynamics with that, we did a holiday episode that came out the week of Thanksgiving, but might be something to get a tune up with now if you want to re-listen or if you haven't had a chance to listen yet. So if you do listen to Spiring, leave a review, leave a review on Let It Out. And then follow me on social media if you don't already. It's just at Katie Dalebout. And follow Let It Out. Let It Out has its own account now. Did you guys know that? It's Let It Out with three T's. I haven't really started posting on it much, but I'm going to. So follow them, me, (laughs) in that other account. And leave the emoji of this week's episode, which is at the end of the episode. And then go to the giveaway page and enter to win. That was a long intro. Thank you so much for sticking with me. We had a lot of things to go over. I love you. Enjoy this episode with Abby and I will talk to you briefly at the end. Thank you so much for doing this, Abby, and welcome back to the podcast. We were just having an apple with a flight of different butters. (laughs) Love it as a snack and saying that this is actually your third appearance on the podcast. True story. Second that is airing because of a technical glitch of our live episode in Austin. Maybe people remember that. Some people maybe listening were there 
It was great. <laughs> it was so fun. We could we could really talk it up because no one no one can look it up now. Yeah, the, the lost <laughs> basement tapes. It really was a wonderful conversation. And so we sat down today and I was like, I wish we could recreate that. We never will be able to. Some of the best things are fleeting. But through a weird turn of events, I did find my notes. Amazing. Because we remembered where I sent them to be printed. <laughs> a deep dive into my email. So we at least can try to recreate that conversation. Right. Basically, in a past life, Katie was a detective is what we're trying to say. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes over here. Yeah. Well, you're one of my favorite people. And I am so happy. I rarely have people back on the podcast twice. But we, like we said, we did this really great live event. And I spent some time here in Austin with you. And you're someone that I admire in so many ways. And we had a lot of great conversations while we were hanging out, the walks that we took. Mm -hmm. Also, I need an update on the owl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll talk. For people listening, there was a neighbor. It was actually the sweet. Let's just tell them. It was the yeah. sweetest thing ever. There was this. Well, you can, you can tell. But there was this walk that Abby takes every morning around yeah. her neighborhood. And the entire neighborhood had rallied around this owl that had a yeah. missing mom, but it, yeah. owl baby that had a missing mom, right? Yeah. The mom, the parents did appear, but like at first there was concern that it was alone, but then everybody just was in love with the owl. So they would, they would just like every single morning, I'd go for a walk really early, like 630 in the morning and every, cause a lot of the people in that neighborhood are retired and they would just have pulled chairs out so and be sweet. sitting for hours watching this owl. And yeah. You said it's a walk I did all the time, but I only started doing it because the first time I went, they were all hanging out with Owl. And I was like, this is the sweetest thing I have to. It was like the local soap opera. You were like, what's going yeah. on with the Owl? But I think the the spoiler alert is, I think it migrated. Oh, that was right. that was pre-summer. So yeah. yeah. But it was so sweet. Like there was a, even a sign up of yeah. when we walked by when like the guy wasn't out there. And I've been so thinking sweet. about it a lot. Like that is neighborhood. That yeah. is community. That is like loving and rallying around something mm. that feels that's the coziest thing it was very sweet we hung out a lot that week and you, we went on so many walks and you have a lot of wisdom and you were someone who I was really in a rough place when I was here last I was like just really overwhelmed by work stuff and life mm. stuff and I remember doing a Skype therapy session with my therapist. I don't know if mm -hmm. you remember me telling you this. And I cried so hard that she was just like, I can't even help you Aww. today. Because <laughs> I was just like at my most depressed. Yeah. But it was funny because we had such a lovely event. Yeah. I, I really hung out with you and I I got a lot from my time with you. And you know, you live in this beautiful house that we're sitting right now with your husband now, <laughs> Sam, and you guys are about to have a baby. Yeah, yes. And it just really, I guess, shows how much can change in six months, nine months, yeah. um, not very many months. I mm -hmm. feel way better emotionally. And look at all the life changes that you have. Yeah. You're someone who manages change and your life in a way that I really admire. And you've done so many different things and you haven't always been doing the work that you're doing now and the life that you live now. And mm -hmm. you've lived in so many different places and people can go back to hear your first episode to hear about your dance career mm -hmm. and your Broadway career. But today I do want to talk about the work that you do now because it's really, there's been a couple things that have really impacted me just kind of dis 
I'm going to kind of go through your terms, some Abbeyisms. Oh, let's do it. That I use all the time and I love and I want to define for people who are part of Let It Out so we can all use them together. Let's go. Sounds great. Okay, great. But first, just kind of give me an update of like how, what you then at the recording that the Lost Basement tapes <laughs> from April yes. to now, uh, to me, your life has has changed so much like from from the outside, but also nothing has changed. Totally. And that's what you said to me when I walked in. So just how are you feeling today? What's going on mentally? I said all the things on the outside, but how are you mentally? Yeah. Big life changes, marriage, pregnancy, all the things. And I think just energetically, I'm wrapping up, which I think is already where people tend to be at the end of the year. There's kind of like a, you know, tying up loose ends and all of this. And then I think for me as well, moving forward into the spring, like I'm going to be taking a maternity leave, which I've never done. And so I think energetically, I'm, I feel great. <laughs> I feel awesome. I'm, I'm really in a place of discernment about where I spend my time and, you know, with everything. I mean, that's pregnancy in general, right? It's like, what do I eat? How do I move my body? Like you're already kind of reassessing all of that. So yeah, things feel great. I've heard too that pregnancy is this time where you're filled with so much creative energy because you're actually creating a person. Have you felt that? Totally. And it's so funny. I was just saying that yesterday to a friend that in a way, I feel very aware that all of my creative energy is being used, like activated and used more than ever, right? Because it's like, I'm still making a baby when I'm sleeping. I'm still making a baby when I'm in the shower where you're not always working when you're sleeping or in the shower. But actually what I find is back to the discernment, I I feel contented in a way I've never felt. And I don't know that it's baby. It could be a lot of other things in my life, but I feel very peaceful about projects and things of this nature. Like I think normal Abby <laughs> is like, oh, I'm going to launch this retreat and do this event and host this thing and da, da, da. And I'm being just, I'm being very discerning about my time now. Some of it's literally just like, I can't, I won't because I'm going to have a tiny new human, but it's just, there's like a peace around creative energy for me right now. I feel like you've always been good at boundaries and maybe not always, but in recent years, you've created your life in that way that I really admire. And you've, you've had to, to build the business that you have and Mm -hmm. the life that you have with Sam. So you probably set yourself up for success in, in this of like, it's not yeah. really that different. Yeah. One of the Abbeyisms that you just touched on a little mm-hmm. bit that I think is probably more relevant now, and especially in your first trimester than ever, is something that I call normal me versus headache me or mm-hmm. pregnant me or tired me. Mm-hmm. And I was having, I think we brought this up. I remember very distinctly being in your car mm-hmm. and I was probably spiraling about like a plan. Cause I, I really have this anxiety and decision-making of mm-hmm. like, should I do this thing? Should I not? Should I say mm-hmm. no? Should I say yes? And just kind of feeling like shaky with everything. Yeah. And sometimes if I'm so tired, but I said I would go to a thing, I was explaining that to you and you were yeah. like, I totally understand yeah. how you're feeling. And that's a bummer because when you want to go to something and if you at a hundred percent, you would you would go to that and you would right. have a really good time, but you happen to not be feeling well. You happen to yeah. have a headache. You happen to be tired or whatever it was. There is some loss there. Totally. And there's some grief there and that feels uncomfortable. Yeah. And so you really make this distinction for yourself 
I tried to explain it, but can you elaborate on that? That was very well explained. Yeah, I think in a way we're talking about FOMO a little or JOMO, depending. But I think that, yeah, it's being present, you know, because... Yeah. So the example of like normal Abby, like, let me think of something. Well, okay. I'll talk about pregnancy. Okay. Normal Abby loves chocolate chip cookies. Give them to me anytime. I will never refuse them. But when I was in my first trimester, I was so sicked out by chocolate, which is so weird. But like literally, if anything touched chocolate, I didn't want to eat it. Right. And so it was, it was very weird because I would like be given something. I'm like, oh, I can tell that normal Abby would be like even free chocolate samples at Whole Foods. I was like, oh no. So it's like normal Abby would be all about this. But right now I'm pregnant, Abby and pregnant Abby doesn't want it, you know? And that's a little bit more of an obvious example as opposed to, yeah, like your example of some social engagement or something that you say yes to when you're in quote unquote normal Katie. And then when it comes to it, you're not, I mean, that's also, I guess maybe this term isn't fair because it's not acknowledging that normal us is pregnant us or bummed out us or all these things. But I think, yeah, I think a lot of it is just really acknowledging where we are and back to discernment. It's like, do I have to go to the thing? Is it an act of compassion and honoring myself to actually just say no, you know? And I think about that in reverse. Like if I'm hosting an event, I want people to show up who want to be there. You know what I mean? Who aren't like there because of a should. I think what's hard for me sometimes is wanting to do everything. Yeah, I guess it's, I guess that is, you know, this, this sense of missing out, but just, yeah, it is a bummer. It's like, oh, when I put this on my calendar, I was really excited about it, but today I'm not. And sometimes you go and you end up getting the energy and it ends up being fine. Yeah. And other times like you, you need to take things off of your plate. So I I don't know. I don't know where I am with sticking to plans Mm -hmm. and, and pivoting, you know, and and deciding to not do something. I think it's just, it really comes down to being present and being honest with yourself. And I think if we really are in touch with our intuition and listen to our intuition, we know the answers to all of these things. And I ignore it. And that's where the discomfort comes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And why did we decide that someone else's discomfort is more important than our discomfort? Like, I'm going to follow through on this thing, even though it makes me feel weird. I'm going to show up to your party, even though I actually need to go to bed so that you feel comfortable, but I'm going to feel crappy, Yeah, you know? And I think, I mean, a place where I think there's a gray area for me is business, Mm -hmm. like the way I run my business and showing up and I have a 24 hour cancellation policy. And so I recognize that I do spend a lot of my day showing up. Like, of course there are days for all of us when we have some type of work thing that we want to just like stay home and eat spirulina popcorn, you know, and you just do it, you know? And I think that for me, because I have a lot of discipline around my work, it also feels like, okay, in my free time, I want to, I almost think of it a little bit like sort of that masculine energy of like, just do it versus the feminine side of being in a state of flow and intuition and all of this, you know? So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I don't want to just say, oh, do whatever you do, whatever you want all the time, because I don't think you can build a successful business on that. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, I wrote down some quotes on my notes from the last thing that we did. Uh huh. But I wrote down this quote. I don't know if you remember this from Danny Shapiro, one of my favorite authors. And her son recently was on the podcast. She says, when we try to do everything, we end up doing nothing. Yeah. 
And it's it's like that before sunrise quote I, I'm constantly talking about on the podcast too of it's a, that feeling of overwhelm, which is there's so much I want to do, I end up doing nothing at all. Yeah. And so one thing that I I do and I try to do, <laughs> I should have done this today. What are three things I can do today that I know at the end of the day I'll feel mm-hmm. accomplished? Yeah. And just realize I'm not going to get everything on my list done mm-hmm. because sometimes I won't start mm-hmm. because I'm so overwhelmed. I know I won't be able to finish everything. So I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I, I can't even get it all done. So I'm, what's the point? Mm. And that feels really, or it just will take me so long to start. So I'm kind of procrastinating by yeah. doing things, but I'm not yeah. really completing anything. And that just feels like a hamster wheel. Yeah. And so what what feels best for me and on this project I'm working on now is being very, very clear on this is where I'm going mm. and these are this is what I need to do today to move the needle forward. And then three different things tomorrow to move the needle forward mm. towards that end goal. And I think organization is the antidote to mm. overwhelm. If you just yeah. are a bit organized and a bit organized and discerning of your time, I'm really realizing now that I... I don't have to work all day, but I need to get those three hours in or the rest of the day. I will just kind of feel this low grade sense of, I should probably check my email. I should probably work or I should probably, and it just to make that go away by just getting a chunk in, especially early in the morning feels so much better to me. Totally. So how do you design your day? And I know you have different days based on what you're doing work-wise, but what is your you know, kind of current morning routine or or work routine. So when you were talking, it made me think of this term being a time pessimist. Great. Well, that we we talked about last time. Well, let me, let me bring this up right now. This was another Abbeyism, probably my favorite Abbeyism, which I've said on the podcast since. And I say this all the time in life that I, by nature, am a time optimist where I think that I can get in a million things in the half an hour I have before I need to go. And mm-hmm. then I end up being late and stressed and blah, blah, blah. And you told me about the term of being a time pessimist, which is so much better. Explain. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so same. In all other areas of life, I identify as an optimist and I've had to be a cultivated time pessimist. And it's exactly what you said. It's saying it's overestimating how long it's going to take to do anything. And I think the reason that we practice that is that you create a sense of spaciousness for yourself. So if you think editing, whatever, a project is going to take you an hour, block three hours to do it. Because a couple things could happen. One, you get done early. You've blocked three hours. You get done in one hour, at which point, at which case you're just like, damn, I'm baller. Look at me. And you've given yourself this gift of almost like free time. You know, where in those two hours, you could do a handstand or call your mom or bake cookies or stare at the wall or write more email. You know, like you can do whatever you want with that time. But I think so. I work with, I'm a holistic business coach. I work with creative entrepreneurs. And I think something that I witness is that so many of us love what we do. We are self bossing and we never feel like we're doing enough. And so with the time pessimism, it's a way to kind of create a structure of, I mean, to create a a structure for yourself to be like, oh, I did it. Go me, you know? Um, And also what it does is so, and this is actually connected to my, so I have a method called the Monday magic method. Another obviousism. Yes. I love all the alliterations. Give me all of them. 
And it is based on the pain point that I had for many years of writing 20 things on a to-do list and then being shocked when I only got three done and feeling like crap instead of being like, wow, I did three things. This is really amazing. Go me. Feeling like, look at all the other things I didn't do. I'm a failure, blah, blah, blah. So the Monday magic method, one element of it includes time pessimism, which is deciding what you're going to do and then blocking it in your calendar. And the example that I gave is like a flight, right? You'd mentioned traveling to Bali. You're not just, you're not going to like hope you get to Bali, right? If it's the day before, if someone's like, oh, you're going to Bali, cool. You're not going to be like, yeah, I hope. You're going to be like, I got a house sitter. I got a dog sitter. I packed this thing up. I booked my Uber. My I have my passport. Like you plan for it and you show up for it because it, it matters to you. And and I think that when we are, you know, whether you identify as an entrepreneur or not, but like we all have things that are self-directed in our lives, but our work is only as serious as we take it. And so for me, it's about showing up and planning for it. So I put stuff on my calendar as if it were a flight or a dental appointment. So it's like, okay, 12, you know, one to three, I'm editing this document, right? Instead of just putting on my to-do list. And what that's helped me do is I used to make a list of at least 10 things a day. But once I plug it in my calendar and I really give it the time it needs, I'm like, I'm lucky if I can get three things in between client calls or meetings or, you know what I mean? So that's helped. That's been like a little system for me to just every single week check myself because I think it's really easy to fall back into. Oh, I'll just squeeze these things in. And you you have like a offering on your website about this, right? Yeah. We can yeah. give people a discount code maybe. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to. Yeah. It's been helpful for me. And so I feel like people would like this because yeah. that blocking off time. Yeah is so, my therapist told me I have really good boundaries that I keep with other people. Like Mm. saying, you know, if I told you I was going to be here at a time, I'm going to be here at a time, but I have terrible boundaries with myself. Mm. So if I'm a little bit sleepy or tired, I'll force myself to do something and that won't be good. Or I, if I wanted to do writing at this time, but somebody else wants to get coffee, I'll be like, well, it was just me that was on my calendar. Yeah. So like I, and you're very good at sticking to the the promises you make yourself. Mm. You're an obliger. Do you know this term? I've heard the Gretchen, of the Gretchen Rubin. Rubin. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Explain about those. Yeah, she has so Gretchen Rubin, an author, um, also from Kansas City. Oh, really? She wrote a book called The Four Tendencies. I have not read the book. I've just heard her talk about it. Yes, but yeah, yeah, it's basically how how we react to responsibilities and expectations. And yeah, exactly what you said. If you if you're accountable to others but not not yourself, which I know sounds a bit extreme, but that's an obliger. And then there's others three other types. Like you are accountable to no one, not yourself or others, right? Those are the rebels. Um, You're accountable to yourself but not others. That's the questioner. Or you're accountable to yourself and others. And that's the upholder. So it's a really cool concept. Yeah. It's really cool. You know, it's funny when you were saying about having extra time, like, oh, you might just get done early. Yeah. I was thinking about that with myself. And I think this might be like a lingering eating disorder thing or anxiety thing or control thing where it's like open time and open space scares me. So it's almost like I would fill my calendar and fill my day so I don't have to be alone with myself. So Mm. I don't have to feel, so I don't have to like maybe turn to food or maybe turn to a COVID. Like, And so that's why I would get myself into feeling overwhelmed Mm. so often because I was afraid of unstructured time. Mm. And so I think it really is, I don't know, I guess it's just a thought that I'm having of like, if there's a block there to having openness in your calendar, looking at why. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's, if you look at like technology addiction and things mm-hmm. like this, I think that we live in a culture that is increasingly distracted and not even mentioning meditation, but just being with yourself at all is kind of a radical notion, right? you know? So yeah, I hear you. I think that's really powerful to look at. Yeah. I'm interrupting this episode to do some housekeeping things. I want to tell you guys about many opportunities to hang out in person before the end of the year in New York City and beyond. So listen up. If you're listening to this the day it comes out and you're in New York City and you want to come hear me do a live podcast, you've got a couple chances before the end of the year. So on Sunday of this week, December 15th, I'll be at the Faraday store in Soho. It's such a great brand. I love Faraday and the founder, Carrie, is having me do a live podcast about anxiety in the holidays with an anxiety expert. So I'm very excited about that. I hope to see you there. It's in the morning. And then I will be doing a live podcast with human design reader, Erin Claire on the 18th. And then I will be doing a launch for Let It Out's first zine on December 20th at Showfields. It's a breakfast in the morning. So I would love for you to come to that. And then last but not least, and most importantly, come spend the end of the year with me at Kripalu. I'm going to be there. My best friend Carolina is coming with me. It's going to be great. I'm really excited to lead this workshop. I led it last year. It's called Remix Your Resolutions, Changing Your Relationship to Goal Setting Through Journaling. And we just really take inventory of the year that just passed and connect and hold space. And it's going to be really fruitful, I think. I, I went last year and honestly, I was in a really weird spot. So it feels cool that I got invited back to teach this again. And Kripalu is one of my favorite places in the world. If you haven't been, it's in the Berkshires in Massachusetts. And there's beautiful Ayurvedic food and yoga and facials and massages and walking around the outdoor space, whatever you call it. It's beautiful, especially in the winter, all times of year. But I'm going to be there the 27th and 28th of December, right after Christmas. I would love for you to come. Tickets will probably sell out. So get yours now. Come with your mom. Come with your friend. Come with your boyfriend. We had a lot of couples last year and friends, and we had like a mom and daughter. So it'd be really cool if you could make it. I would love to see you then. Speaking of social media and boundaries, what's your relationship to social media and your phone and how do you handle all of that? You're also, you seem to be someone who's good at rest. Yeah. I think that it's been a learned thing. Like most, pretty much all my methods and events and coaching has been born out of my own pain. (laughs) Which is the best. I'm (laughs) sorry, but like the best way to make something. (laughs) Totally. All art, all concepts come from experience. Yeah. So in general, I think it's fun. I use it as a tool for connection. And I also have I've kind of softened my expectations of it as far as like how much I show up and all these things. And I think, again, from a business perspective, I like to encourage my clients to be mindful of what metrics matter to them, what metrics they track. Because I think if we don't question it, we just think every metric needs to be amazing, which is great. Who doesn't want 
all the followers and all the sales and all the things like those are symptoms of a successful business. But I think that we can pressure ourselves to sort of succeed on a platform that like, does that really matter? Is it bringing you joy or money or connections? Like, why are you doing it? You know what I mean? Are you doing it for validation and for like a status symbol and to make yourself feel connected when like it might not really give you the connection that you're after? Yeah. Or fear. Just the fear of if I don't post today, the algorithm's going to cut me out or whatever. And ultimately, none of that's in our control. I know. It's shape-shifting every day anyway. I mean, I guess on the topic of rest, I used to work seven days a week, eight days a week, and really found myself kind of just like micro scheduling myself, just like, oh, this is when I sneeze. This is when I shower. This is when I eat. This is when I have 11 meetings. This is when I do everything. And I'm like a total maximizer, which is why I have to be a cultivated time pessimist. Um, because otherwise, I'm totally the girl that's like, I'll just do 1,100 things in this 20 minute break. I think that's a really feminine quality as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the multitasking energy. Yeah. Oh, no. I forgot my rest. You've got this. Oh, oh, just working too much. Mm-hmm. And it was at a time in my life where my income was really not where I wanted it to be. So I had reason to believe that I needed to work more and needed to work harder. Yes, I wanted to work smarter, but I I think I just treated myself like a workhorse. And I was like super burnt out, but then didn't feel like I had permission, whatever that was, whether it was a certain number of zeros in my bank account or some type of opportunity or something that I needed to be like, yo girl, you're doing enough. You can chill for a minute. And it really took me just, just really having meltdowns, like three-year-old meltdowns to realize something has to give because I'm starting to not like my work and I really like my work, you know? So yeah, a huge pivot for me was going from the, just being the yes person to Now I work four days a week, which also I've been in business for 13 years for anyone listening. Like that didn't happen overnight. You know, I've built enough of a following and network. Yeah, exactly. And flow that I can, that I can do that. Um, But yeah, I set myself up now where I work four full days and I find that because I love what I do, it's not really natural for me to be like, oh, I'm just going to work a little bit. I'm just going to kind of touch on this project because I'm, I just love what I do. So I want to deep dive. And so I found that rather than trying to moderate my days, it makes sense to be like, okay, I work four long days. I'm all in. And then I have three days off. And it's just fully off like I was talking about December. Just like I don't check in. I'm fully off. So that's been a huge thing for me that's really working right now. I think that's really inspiring because my my writing teacher has this thing she says in the context of writing but I've really taken it on as a concept for life where she says, get into it or get out of it. Ugh, and I she means that. like, in, in writing, you guys understand what she means. Like yeah. either give a lot of detail and be really honest or don't even put it in at all. Mm. And I really find that with work and with life, it's either I'm either, I have a huge chunk of time that I can work and I can be creative and I can go into my inbox and I can be present with an email. But I find if I only have an hour and I have three hours worth of work, I'll kind of half do a bunch of things and I don't get that hit of dopamine of completion at the end. Yeah. The things I do, I don't really do well because I know yeah. I'm on a time crunch. I don't work well on a time crunch. I never have been good at time tests or any of those things. Yeah. And so I really like that of like, and then it just feels awful. Like today I came over here to record with Abby and I, you know, I'm obviously away from home and I'm, I didn't, 
do, I had a lot that I wanted to get done today and I couldn't get those things done. And I kind of wish I had just leaned into resting and hanging out with my family because this half trying to work didn't do me any favors. And then I'm also now sad that I wasn't resting. So I call it entrepreneurial purgatory. Right. Because yeah, you're not resting or working. You're like, cool, I'm tinkering. And it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. I'm doing something. But like you said, I don't get the dopamine. I don't get, I get none of it. You're not moving the needle forward. Or maybe if you are, like, it's so minuscule that it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that I say this all the time. Like, if you don't clearly stop working, you don't ever start working. And and I know that's a little bit masculine to, like, say that. And I don't mean that everyone needs to have a nine-to-five business model because I do have so many clients and friends who really work in a real flow state where they're touching in and out of biz all day. That doesn't work for me so well. I think there's a couple caveats to that, like Instagram, right? You might be like, quote unquote, off work, but at dinner with friends who are, you know, fellow biz babes and you're going to like tag them in something, you know, something like that. But something that really helped me actually with this was time tracking. I use an app called Toggle. It's T-O-G-G-L. It's a free app. You can desktop or phone, download it and and tracking your time, like, like as if you had a boss that was paying you hourly. And something about that really helped me too is like, click, I'm record. Like I'm, and I actually get kind of meta with it where I'm like, okay, this is, this is retreat time. This is client session time. So then you can really kind of get nuanced, which is a whole nother conversation. But that helped me so much. Yeah. I've been using another thing. Do you know Focusmate? Uh uh. So it's totally different, different thing, but it's, it's wonderful. It's to help with procrastination. Uh So you can make a, time with anyone across the world to, so we could, well, you can't do it with, you can't choose who you're doing it with, or maybe you can on a paid version, Uh but you say 8am, I want to work on writing. I'm going to write this one thing and that's the task I'm going to do. And then you have to show up for that meeting because it knocks you if you like don't show up and you Mm. get on like a zoom thing with someone and you, for two minutes, you say, hi, where are you? What are you working on? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Great. Then you both work, you mute yourself. And at the end, a timer goes off and you're like, Hey, how'd you do? And you have to like, be accountable to this person. Cool. It's a tool that you should, you know, have in Wait, your have pocket. you ever had anybody be like weird? Yes, I did once. <laughs> and you could block them. And um, and then I was, I was like, like turned off to the app as a whole. But then yeah. they made all these like things where it's like, we are making our community safer. Yeah. So, right. And this is not sponsored by them, but uh, <laughs> open to it, I guess. Right. Okay. We're, I said I was going to keep this tight and I could talk to you forever. So we'll do these sort of as, as quick fire ish because okay. there's a couple more things I want you to touch on. Speaking of email, what's your system with email? What works for you? How do you handle that? Um, I'm only in it Monday through Thursday. Uh-huh. I've had different practices. I tend to check it in the morning for sure. And then it depends. If it's a client day where I'm in in sessions all day, I might peek at emails in between clients. If it's a day where I'm doing deeper dive and I don't have client sessions or meetings, then I try to batch it more. Like mm-hmm. so I, that's when I'll, you know, pause my inbox or something like that. Yeah. I don't have a hard and fast email practice right now. When I'm in launch mode for something, I definitely have to get more strict about it. Yeah. But I do love part of my money magic method is time batching. I also wrote an article we can link to about time batching. But one of those is when you, if you are someone that has tons of emails coming in, is to sort them, mm-hmm. is to categorize them. So it's like marketing, yeah. finances, website, my team, whatever. But like have that. five or less 
um, topics. Don't have so many that you're going to lose them. But just when you open your inbox, go boop, 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 and drag all the emails to their corresponding. So then when you, when you want to open your finance folder or label, you like art, you don't have to switch hats so much. Yeah. Because we lose so much time when we're switching between. Yeah. It takes a, when you're an entrepreneur, you're the director of HR and the director of finance and the director of creativity and all of the things. And yeah. it, it's wearing these different hats and code switching that yeah. takes a lot of energy. Totally. We spoke about burnout at our mm. last, and you touched on it a little bit. And that was, I think, really why we decided to host our original conversation was about burnout and pivoting. Yeah. And I was working on, I was working full time, as Mm. you know, and I was working on a new project at the time, which is my let a podcast out my, how I help other people Mm. start podcasts and doing my current podcast, living my life, doing way too much. And I Mm. really was burnt out making that project. And I never want to make a project from that space again, because it really, was rough on my nervous system. Yeah. And so now, and I didn't get to tell you this before, so I'll I'll just tell you and everyone at the same time, this project I'm working on now, I'm so filled up by Mm. and excited about, and I just want to go about it in a totally different way. Mm. And I think that will make the result of it better as well. But it's still a massive project and I still have to break it down. And... Yeah, I guess I just want to hear about your, as a coach, are there any things that maybe I'm missing? Hmm. I mean, I think it's about knowing yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, are you a sprinter? Are you a marathoner? Like there's so many different types of creatives. You know, I think about my brother, he's a composer and he will do nothing and then lock himself in his studio for a week and write an opera. And like I'm a sprinter. I think I'm like your brother. Yeah. Like, and maybe not even really sleep much or eat much. You'll be like, is he dead? And then he'll come out with like literally an opera that he's written. I can't work that way. I would die the first day that I had to sit pull an all-nighter. You know what I mean? So full disclosure, I am a marathoner. So I tend to coach like a marathoner. Right. But I think it's about honoring your bio-individuality and how lit up you are about a project. And I think it, there's a micro and a macro of it. I think the macro is like holding the greater vision and looking at kind of a realistic timeline. And then the micro is like, what are your self-bossing systems? How are you treating yourself? Like one of my favorite questions to ask clients is, if you weren't your own boss, would you have already quit? Are you treating so yourself good. like such a jerk that if it were someone else, you'd be like, bye, you guys can't see me, but I'm doing the middle finger. Like you'd be like, bye, you know what I mean? And I think that we can be pretty intense to ourselves. So, I mean, that's my first question is just like the feedback you're getting. Like, is it working? It sounds like you are lit up and you're having fun and you have the awareness of approaching it from a different place than you have previously. Also one little plug I want to say here, which I know this is a whole other topic is for those listening who are people with a period to really consider cycle syncing because that is also a part of my Monday magic method. That is a huge part of my productivity. You know, as we talk about rest and pacing and all of this for anyone who is bleeding monthly and is not on birth control to really honor their, their four phases, because I think that has been a really big part of my productivity evolving. So anyway, I know that's like a whole other no, topic. No, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. And we'll have yeah. the the Monday Magic. We'll do a... We can make it let it out. The the discount code. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So we'll just say that because I I need it. We all need it. And we can, we can do it as a let it out 
group together. I love it. I want to hear what you guys think. Yeah, we'll get you in the Facebook group. Yeah, we can we can all check in. I like that. I'm glad you brought that up. I I I do think that I and I I think I'm a sprinter in the sense of maybe not like your brother not eating and sleeping and doing it in two days, but I think it's like I'll go through stents of like okay, I'm going to get a big chunk done and have like a coffee shop day all day today. And then yeah. the rest of the day is I'm kind of just like recording podcasts or doing little things, checking in and out. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That's and better I, than the kind of all, like never working and always working yeah. doesn't really work. It doesn't work. And I think for you, Katie, and anyone listening, again, with this term bio-individuality and biofeedback, if it feels good, it's probably working. If more often than not, you have pleasant feelings or positive feelings about your work, it's probably working. I think we have growing pains and feedback in like pain is a messenger, right? So I think anytime we just kind of feel like, gosh, every day I'm forcing it, kind of like you had said earlier with your other project, I think that is a lesson and a messenger of a desire for change. So, I mean, my first thought is you, you just introduced this with so much joy and ease. So I'm sort of like, sounds great to me. If your question is, am I doing it wrong? Doesn't sound like it. But if your question is, is there a way to optimize or maximize or things like this? Of course, there's yeah. always ways, but but it sounds like you know. My question is, not my question, just my reason for bringing it up is that I'm excited about it and mm-hmm. I feel like I, it's just going to take longer than I'm expecting. Mm-hmm. And But like, who cares? Right. And is it taking longer because you're not beating yourself up when you create it? Like right. maybe, maybe again- It's going to be better for it. Right. Right, exactly. And afterwards, you're actually proud of it. You're not like flatlining because it's taken everything out of you to create it. I like that. Thanks. I feel yeah. better. I feel better. Like today, I didn't, get, I didn't get to check in on it. And that makes me sad, but it's yeah. also okay. Danny Shapiro also says this thing, just touch your creative project daily. Yeah, I love that. And I always really like that too. Yeah. But sometimes it's like that's kind of opposite of what Jess says about like get into it or get out of it. Mm-hmm. Not that they're saying the same thing about writing, but you know, sometimes it's like, I don't even want to touch it. I'd rather just rest today. Mm-hmm. But I do think I'm a better human being and I'm more fun to be around when I've gotten the hit of dopamine from being a little bit productive yeah. and I've touched my creative project for lack of a better term, you know? Totally. So it's just finding what works for you. I think it depends on what your business model is. I mean, again, if we're talking about create, you know, a creative project that is work, right? As a creative entrepreneur... I think that it depends, right? Like I have, if you're a service or a product, like these are different things. How big's your team? Does your business sink if you don't check an email? I think there's so many nuances that are just really specific to a person. But I mean, isn't the dream that you have like a well-oiled machine and a team kicking butt so that if you do want to check out for a day, everything's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like just, I think ultimately like not being hard on yourself is the best thing because totally for me, I'm not motivated by shame. And I don't think any of us are mm-hmm. and guilt and to let go of that stuff mm-hmm. will make us all a bit more productive, I think. Totally. And like back to productivity and rest, like I, this is like a random analogy, but for someone who's trying to like build muscle, right? Mm-hmm. Like let's say someone was trying to gain weight or build, build muscle. You don't build muscle at the gym. You break it down right? You actually like damage it. You create micro tears and the body goes in and rebuilds and that's how you bulk up, right? Mm -hmm. And it's actually when you are resting, it's when you're sleeping, it's when you're eating, when you're refueling that your body is building, your body is creating. And there's something about the science of that that like really hits me. And I think you you could transpose that into a creative project. Like this idea that 
if we're resting, quote unquote, yeah. aka we're not online or we're not, so, we don't have the paintbrush yeah. in our hand that we're not creating is such BS because you cannot give from an empty cup. And so yes. whatever you need to do to fill your cup, I don't care if it's like Googling dog videos, if it's babysitting, if it's doing headstands in the park, like whatever that is mm-hmm. for you, that is a part of your creative yeah. process. You know, there's time for, there's time to lay the seeds. There's time for it to grow and there's time to harvest. And I think harvesting is sitting down and getting the work out. Elizabeth Gilbert talks about a lot of this in Big Magic Mm. about creativity. But I think the ideas come in the shower. The ideas come meditating. The ideas come on the hike. The ideas come on vacation while you're driving. They don't come while you're sitting in front of the computer and forcing it. And sometimes you do have to like do the put your butt in the chair and try to cultivate something but it's all productive Mm -hmm. and it's probably more productive for me to be out and like today like spending time with my family than like half working at a coffee shop and like wishing I'd gotten more done than I did you know yeah totally yeah okay I love it when you were on the podcast last I was still working at my full-time job and you Mm. were like coaching me out of leaving Mm -hmm. I want we'll do this as a quick fire but tell me I think that's something that you kind of specialize in with people is like working for themselves or that transition. Mm-hmm. What are like the three things you would tell someone who maybe wants to work for themselves or has a full-time job and does something on the side? What advice would you give them to make a shift or pivot? Mm-hmm. What would you say to someone? Ooh, well, I mean, to repeat myself, your business is as serious as you take it. So even if it's a twinkle in your eye and you've told no one about it, your belief holds so much magic. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is step number one. And to know that everything, an iPhone started as a twinkle in Steve Jobs' eye. You know what I mean? Like everything began as a twinkle. So to really know that and to believe in yourself. And then I think the next thing is to get support. Obviously, like you could plug me, but whatever it is, whether the support is a business coach, if you want one, Abby's the best yeah. there is. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to talk. Um, or, a, you know, a BFF or someone who... Yeah, or maybe a BFF first before yeah, you make an investment in you or someone. Yeah. And I think, I think maybe my third answer to that after getting support is you never feel ready. Yeah. You never feel ready. It's like having a baby. Yeah. Totally. Like there's never a time where you're like, oh my God, I'm 100% ready for my business. Mm-hmm. And I think there is, I know it's such a cliche, but just like leap. Like, go for it. And and that's something that we could talk about, too, is, you know, the strategy around the leap. Like, there are ways to leap in an intelligent way. Right, right, right. <laughs> but but I think ultimately, I mean, do it. Go do yeah. it. The world needs what you have. I'll say give yourself a cushion. Yeah. Know that it, I just did it. No, Well, over a year ago now. Yeah. Know that it's not going. And I was very set up mm. and had had been doing my business, you know, for almost a decade on the side from day one of my full-time job, mm. but it was nothing like I thought it was going to be. Mm. Leaving my job, I thought I was just like, oh, I'm going to have so much more space. And like, maybe I'll be scared for money because it's not dosed out to me in an IV drip every single mm-hmm. two weeks. But the money thing didn't really scare me at all. That ended up being fine. And it was more when you don't have, when you have so much open space, yeah. it's completely up to you to fill it. And I was less productive because I mm-hmm. had to be so productive before. Totally. So that's just something to, you know, get support around or to know that you're going to need to support yourself around a little bit. And mm-hmm. I was really surprised by. Mm-hmm. Okay. Big pivot. Speaking of pivots, that was the name of our event. Mm-hmm. 
I want you have the best style of like anyone I know. <laughs> what are you it's loving so lately? What are some like cool things that you're into? I mean, your house is so beautiful. Everything you wear is so beautiful. Just like a time to recommend thing. Like, what are you? What are you into right now? What are you eating? What are you thinking about? What are you wearing? What are your first? Give me like your top three style tips. Well, I'm cracking up because I'm pregnant, so I've been wearing like one they pair of overalls. <laughs> like the three dresses that fit me like in rotation. So I love that you're like yeah. asking me for style. Um, so my number one thing is wear what's comfortable. That really is a fantastic style tip though because you can yeah. always tell when someone's uncomfortable and it doesn't look nice. No. <laughs> F that. Yeah. And like, yeah. So I'm all about comfort. Gosh, well, I could plug my mom's brand. Uh, my mom and two other lovely women have co-founded a sustainable fashion brand. Oh, I didn't that's so that. beautiful. So that's Two of the dresses that I have in rotation. Yeah, Great. they're really pretty. They're called okay. Slow Studios. I can, we, I can give you a link. Um, S-L-O. Slow okay. Studios. And they make beautiful dresses and pants. And they're all organic, unbleached hemp. They're stunning. And so that's a brand I'm digging. Mm -hmm. What else am I into? Prenatal nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> Spending a lot of time on that. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other specific. Anything else you want to recommend? Anything you're reading? Any, what was the best thing you've eaten in the last week? Ooh, I've been really into Ethiopian food, oh, but that's Ethiopian just like so got to come to Austin and I'll tell you which restaurant to go to. Great. What have I Why been... do you say? Plug it. What's yeah, the best yeah. In Taste of Ethiopia. It's so good. They have two Great. locations in Austin. Everyone go eat there. I mean, I've been reading a lot of books literally about prenatal nutrition yeah. and, and things like that. I've been into fiction lately, though. I actually did this thing this year where I decided. So I turned 35 this year and I love reading, but like, it's definitely a thing that falls by the mm -hmm. wayside when I get busy or stressed. And last birthday, I was like, you know what? I'm going to claim this. I heard this amazing quote, by the way. I don't even know who it is. And they said, what you don't change, you choose. Mm. And I found myself kind of being a little bit of a snob or a snot about like, oh, I never read. I never have time as if I'm this victim to it. Instead of saying, no, I'm choosing that. Like I'm going to choose to read even more. And it's incredible. So I, I read, my plan was to read 35 book, 34 books in my 34th year. And I read 40 books like wow. a month before. Birth. So yeah, I could send you a link to my reading list because I have like all these awesome books I've been reading. Oh, I've been great. reading a ton about finance and just getting fluent in, I think I've always been pretty savvy with business finance, just being an entrepreneur, but my personal finance was just non-existent. And so I've done like this whole year has been about financial literacy. Oh, and so yeah, I can send you a link yeah. to 40 amazing books. Great. Great. Yeah. You and Sam have a relationship that I really, really admire. Mm -hmm. He's so hilarious and wonderful. And you're obviously independently so beautiful and wonderful, mm. but you work really well together. What yeah. is your greatest lesson on relationships? relationships? I mean, I feel like it's the cosmic joke. Like now that I found him or we found each other, it of course puts you know, all my past relationships, like they're like laughable. And I think by that, I just mean, don't compromise who you are. Don't think that there's something wrong with you or that you need to be someone you're not. You know, I think Sam and I, when we met, we both had beliefs from like relationship trauma that we were like too much, like whatever it was, like I'm too loud or I'm too ambitious or I'm like for him, like he's too sassy. He's too playful. He's a drummer. Like literally he's loud. And I think we had just been told that we both believed that and then met each other and we're like, Oh, you're just right. This is great. Like literally both of us felt, like felt that. Yeah. And so I think, I know that's a little, whatever it's whatever it is, but I think, I think when I have friends who are really forcing something, 
or that's obviously all relationship is compromised, but I'm talking about like really questioning a big part of who you are. I'm like, dude, it's not right. You're going to find someone who's so aligned. I wish I could tell my 20 year old self that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's hard to, I think people, it's hard to believe that because it's, it's not controllable. You know, like I have very nice friends who will be like, oh yeah, you'll find someone. It's like, yeah. Thank you, first of all, for, for yeah. seeing that of me. And that's very nice. But ultimately, like, we don't know. Like, yeah. I could not, you yeah. know? And so I think it's hard to believe that, but it's also nice to see it happen. Yeah. You know? I relate to that. I mean, I felt that way. I hadn't, I didn't have a boyfriend for like seven years before Sam. I mean, I dated and this and that, but like nothing serious. And I really relate to that feeling. I just, I was kind of like, this is, this isn't happening for me. Yeah. Really felt that way. So, Obviously, I'm coming from a place of it does happen. <laughs> it does happen. Well, I want to and believe I think, that. That's a nice. That's a right. more optimistic. We we're pessimistic in time, time, but we're optimistic, optimistic in love. love. <laughs> we can end that's it there. The tagline yeah. of this. Of this. Yep. yep. Yeah. I love you. Thank you for oh, doing this. I love this. you too. Is there anything else that you wish that you could let out? Did I ring you dry? Oh, I mean, I can always talk, but yeah, I feel good. Thanks for listening, guys. This is lovely. Okay, so we end with a deep breath to let it out. You ready? Inhale. Exhale, let it out. (sighs) Always feels a little better. You're the best. I like it. Love you. Love you. How cool is Abby? I hope you learned a lot from this episode. I definitely did. I hope to see you at some of my events at the end of the year, especially at Kripalu. I really look forward to seeing a lot of you there. And I just think you guys are the greatest in the world. The emoji for this week's episode is the upside down smiley face because I think that's the emoji you use when you're just unsure, you know? And it just feels correct for this. So comment that on my Instagram, on Let It Out's Instagram. It's Let It Out with three T's. Follow Let It Out and keep in touch with me. Leave reviews for this podcast, for Spiraling. Let me know what you want more of, what you want less of. And enter the giveaway, $100 gift card to Beyond Yoga. How cool is that? Enter to win. You've got the link. You know what to do. You leave the reviews. You comment the emoji on let it out use the code let it out for 20 percent off your order that's let it out for 20 percent off one time per customer and i just thank you beyond yoga i'm genuinely beyond excited keep in touch with me you guys i love you and i'll be back next week with a really special episode something that is new and different and i can't wait for you to hear it and the project i mentioned in this episode There's a link in the show notes to sign up to get more information about that and get alerted to it. Make sure you're on my let it out letter, but I can't wait to share it with you and I'll, I'll mention it next week. We'll talk about it next week on the show. So, okay. Have a great week. Talk to you then.